Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. It is National Signing Day. You already know that National Signing Day doesn't quite feel the way that it used to feel. I've told our video audience, and I'll, I'll say this, and you probably heard me even say this before, that if I was like control of the sport, if I was the all-powerful being that ruled college football, we would have one signing day. It would be in February like God intended. You know, I'm a little bit sensitive to the idea of back in my day, things were so much better. But I do believe that college football recruiting was better when it was just a February signing day. Frankly, I don't like early signing period encroaching on Christmas. I just think that's a little bit gross. I mean, can we have Christmas, please? We've already got, you know, listen, thankful for the college football playoff and the fact that George is a is a regular part of that here these days. But, you know, the idea that the early signing period essentially tries to engulf Christmas, I've never really loved that. Um, you know, there are some people that like to move the early period up sooner, maybe make it before the start of the season in August, something like that. I'm not quite so sure that's necessarily better, but some folks seem to like that. But either way, it is National Signing Day. National Signing Day doesn't quite feel like it once felt like. But nonetheless, there are a lot of eyes of Georgia fans on what's going to play out here today. And for quite some time, I think the name to know for Georgia fans has been the five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. I got to tell you, I think that Robinson really is a dazzling prospect. And this is one of those things where over the course of years, you know, you get a little bit of, I hate to say it this way because it makes it sound like we're all spoiled and maybe to a degree we are, but you get a little bit of five-star fatigue where it's like, you know, we're always talking about some big name that George is going to add. And they have a tendency to sort of all kind of just sort of run together a little bit and taking time to appreciate the individual value of each one of these players is frankly something we maybe don't quite stop and do as much as we should but when a guy like Robinson sort of has the stage to himself I think you are left to kind of contemplate exactly what a guy like that as is as a player maybe more so than the group of guys that make their decision in December and when you watch a guy like Robinson you realize wow you know it's very easy to sort of throw out there for a tight end now this is the next Brock Bowers or something along those lines but when you look at what makes Robinson special first of all he comes from the west you know west coast part of the country so that obviously I think lends itself to a little bit of a Bowers comparison but the sort of athletic style of tight end that could also be a wide receiver that's what Bowers is and it really feels like that's what Robinson could be too so there is a lot of reason that Robinson has gotten the attention that he's gotten coming into this national signing day but as we've gotten closer and closer and closer to the day things have seemingly gotten less and less certain with uh robinson and the decision they'll make whether he'll choose georgia whether he'll choose a different school whether he'll make a choice at all i will invite you if you're kind of waking up this morning and listening to our show go to dognation.com please jeff Sintel had a very thorough story first person account of robinson in his own words about what he is uh kind of considering and how he's thinking ahead of what's supposed to be national signing day and the very real possibility that robinson doesn't make any kind of decision at all i'm going to give you a little bit from the story from jeff Sintel, but i really think that you owe it to yourself to read the full story because it's a really as i said it's a pretty deep dive into what's going on with kind of the man of the hour uh for georgia here during this you know particular you know kind of uh, national signing day some interesting stuff with robinson i guess if there's really only one takeaway here (laughs) The overwhelming likelihood is is that Robinson's not going to make any kind of choice today. So not assign any kind of letter of intent the way that maybe Georgia fans hope that he once would. Let me show you this on the screen here. Here's a quote from Deuce Robinson uh, about you know kind of why it is that. It seems like the likelihood of him signing today is somewhat fizzling. Uh, This is from uh, Jeff Sintel's story, dognation.com, last night. Robinson saying, I guess the only thing to say is that we just don't know yet. We're still figuring everything out. And, you know, listen, I can understand that. I mean, it's obviously a very big decision. And if you're not sure of what you want to do, well, then, of course, there really is no penalty for for waiting necessarily the schools that are involved with him. It seems like it's a Georgia-USC battle here. Obviously, they're going to kind of wait and be patient for Robinson because of the kind of caliber of prospect that he is. So if you put yourself in the position of Robinson here for a moment, uh, you can certainly understand why waiting might seem wise. And it seems like there's a very good chance today that's exactly what Robinson is going to do. But as far as the actual choice itself goes, it seems like this is more than just a choice between Georgia or, as I said before, a school like USC. 
There's also here the choice of, hey, do I leave myself kind of open to be drafted come June in the Major League Baseball draft? Do I put a lot of attention on my spring baseball season as a way of maybe climbing up those draft boards, getting a chance to be one of the first 30 picks there? And obviously, many of you are aware that those first round picks in baseball, if they are willing to sign, have a chance to oftentimes get a very, very lucrative contract out of that big time signing bonus out of that it's certainly easy to imagine that if you're a guy that was had the potential of doing that well clearly you might be interested in that just because of how much money there there possibly is now I've said before and I don't try to be overly cynical about these kinds of things but I do have to be honest here I have a tendency to want to like greatly I guess downgrade the way in which we talk about football players baseball ability I just think that we have a tendency to probably exaggerate sometimes how good of a prospect in baseball the average football prospect is just because you know those of us who kind of travel in the football world don't know that we always fully understand the way in which baseball prospects are fully evaluated that's not to say that I know for sure that Deuce Robinson isn't the next you know he's been compared I guess to Aaron Judge because he's also kind of a big outfielder certainly I don't have enough expertise to tell you that he's not the next Aaron Judge but I'm always a little bit skeptical of the idea that a guy like Robinson could be just as much of a prospect in baseball, just in good as baseball, as most of us would say that he obviously is in football. You know, the notion that he's the next Bo Jackson, the next Deion Sanders. I mean, there's a reason why uh, we sort of think of playing football and baseball as a very hard thing to do because the kinds of names that have come up that have been able to do that are guys like Bo Jackson, are guys like Deion Sanders, some of the greatest athletes of all time. And being really, really good at football is just in and of itself just a really difficult challenge. I don't care how great of an athlete you are. In Robinson's case, he's obviously among the elite athletes anywhere in the world, but it's a pretty full meal to eat just being good at really really good at one sport the idea that you can be both really good at two sports is not necessarily the easiest thing to pull off maybe robinson does indeed pull that off but that is not an easy thing to do in fact yesterday on the show i had a chance to talk to a jake Fromm. jake's obviously former quarterback at georgia guy that led georgia to the sec championship and the college football playoff as a true freshman in 2017 and i asked jake about hey coming into georgia you know you'd also been a you know a good high school player there as well was he as as touted as a baseball prospect as Robinson is maybe uh possibly not but he was a good you know high school baseball player for sure maybe good enough to play at Georgia at least uh you know how much consideration did Jake give of playing both sports and I think that Jake and the way that he talks about the challenge of actually trying to do that is something to keep in mind whether you're a former quarterback like Fromm or an elite athlete right now like Deuce Robinson it is just not easy to do both, and Jake Fromm was very candid about that yesterday on the show. Let me let you hear Jake Fromm on that particular topic. Yeah, it was definitely talked about a lot during the recruiting process. Uh, I thought about it a little bit definitely once I got there during the spring, uh, during baseball season. Uh, and then football season came around. Uh, we played a very long season, uh, Rose Bowl, National Championship, uh, and then uh, I never once thought about it again. I'm like, man, this was the longest football season of my entire life. I just want a break. Um, and then, of course, we got back rolling again with, uh, you know, with all-season programs. So uh, I, mean, I never once thought about it again, and uh, I, was, I was just okay playing football. It's one of those things where uh, Kirby just sort of lays it out there for you, lets you make that decision for yourself once you realize how much actually goes into all of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Chris Mart does a, a good job of recruiting good guys, and so guys want to play, hey, go for it, but it's definitely going to be tough. So listen, I think those are really wise words from Jake Fromm, a guy who's like, hey, when I'm a wide-eyed high school senior and I'm on top of the world, I think I'm going to play both sports at Georgia. I'm going to play football. I'm going to play baseball. You know, we all have a tendency to sort of bite off more than we can chew when we're young because we sort of believe we're invincible. We're capable of doing anything. But after you start 15 football games, or I guess in Fromm's case, he started 14. He played in 15 football games for Georgia, and you're trying to absorb mentally what's required to be a quarterback. You're trying to absorb physically what's going on when you're getting beat on in all those practices and all those games and everything else when it's all said and done from said, i never thought about baseball one time again after that because of just how challenging it all is now i'm noticing in our dog nation comment section one of our commenters uh, senior dog 54 says hey don't forget jackie robinson played three sports at ucla 
Robinson actually played four sports at UCLA. He played football, baseball, basketball, and he ran track. If you go to Pasadena outside the Rose Bowl, there's actually a really cool statue of Robinson as a football player for UCLA. Kind of a different era, and also Robinson, one of the great athletes of all time there as well. So clearly there have been multi-sport stars, but as Jake Fromm tells you, if you're trying to do this at the SEC level and then also do something else in addition to that, just being a good football player is hard enough. And I think that Fromm's words there are probably pretty wise. And I think that they're probably also relevant to Robinson, no matter how great of an athlete he is. So we'll see you know, how, how Deuce kind of interprets all this moving forward. But I do think Jake Fromm's words there are probably pretty wise. However, let me kind of say it this way that even if Georgia doesn't get good news with Robinson, and even if there's no news at all involving uh, Deuce Robinson here today, there is obviously still a chance for Georgia to be a national signing day winner. And I say that with somewhat of an asterisk attached to it because Georgia gets a chance to get a commitment today, not from a class of 2023 prospect, but one of the biggest names in the class of 2024. Ellis Robinson's a top defensive back. Uh, this is one of those things where if a guy like that were to choose your school, you'd be happy about it no matter what day it occurred. And if it was later on in the 2024 cycle, you better believe it'd be you know, all kinds of spotlight and attention on this. Just so happens, though, that Robinson, this Robinson, Ellis Robinson, ready to make his decision on signing day for 2023. In fact, let me show this to you. Obviously, uh, Ellis from uh, out of the IMG Academy program uh, says that he's ready to commit today on ESPN2, somewhere between 1.30 and 2 p.m., inviting everybody to tune in. You better believe they will be. This is one of those recruiting battles that seems like Georgia's in a pretty good position on. And so while, you know, technically we're sort of thinking about 2023 prospects today it could be that georgia wins with a really big time 2024 prospect and ellis robinson and will be kind of tuned in somewhere around 1 p.m for all of that to sort of play itself out so here's kind of the bottom line on all of this is there could be some good news for georgia that could come via ellis robinson and even if deuce robinson doesn't you know, make any kind of announcement today, make any kind of decision today. Obviously, George is not going to give up in its pursuit of him, and uh, he's not going to become any less important of a name to consider when he ultimately does make his final decision. This is a very good football player. Some say he could be a very good baseball player there as well. He has his eyes on both sports, and I guess for him, we'll find out what he decides to do next. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pest Management. We're happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all kinds of video platforms. We just really appreciate you joining us, however you kind of get to us there. Radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Rev. I had a chance to visit with my friends there at 960 this morning. I make a radio appearance, do a little interview with them every Wednesday morning around 8.05, and it was fun to do that today. And, of course, it's fun to be on the radio on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Rev each and every day there as well. The show airing there at noon. And of course, many of you love to listen to the show via podcast. We appreciate that, whether it's Apple, Spotify, everything else in between. All those great podcast platforms. Just really happy to have you a part of our show today. Big thanks to our friends at Breda Pass Management as well for making it all possible. I'll tell you a quick story. So uh, unfortunately, this is kind of a sad story, but it kind of leads me to a point I'm trying to make. My grandmother's been in the hospital and she's been in the hospital, you know, kind of going out towards, uh, you know, Walton County, somewhere like that. And so I've been driving out that way. And like the last couple of nights when I've been driving home after having visited her in the hospital, I drive right by the Breda Pest Management. I had no idea. Their, uh, their facility, their building, super nice, beautiful, uh, you know, large campus. It's really very impressive. I, I'm very impressed by the Breda Pest Management facility. Had a chance to drive by there a couple times here uh, this week. And so to me, that's an example of what we talk about with Breda Pest Management all the time. You see this very large, gorgeous building you're reminded that they've been in business taking care of folks since 1975. They got like 125 employees, something like that. And that kind of size, that kind of strength, that kind of access to resources has really made them recognized as a market leader. In fact, they are the official pest control provider of UG Athletics. And let me tell you what that means. It means all those buildings, all those athletic facilities around the Athens campus, Breda Pest Management is protecting all of those from termites and bugs and critters and everything else. And 
what they do for UGA, they want to do for you as well. Now, this is why this matters for all of you, because let's face it, everything in life seems like it's getting more expensive. And maybe your termite protection, maybe that's getting more expensive there as well. You get that letter in the mail of oh, cost of services going up. And part of the reason why that happens is because the company that you might be working with is sort of one of these fly by night companies that doesn't have big, pretty building like Breda does or, uh, you know, you know, large, you know, employee base and 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 long time track record of serving clients like Breda Pest Management does. They don't have the resources to leverage for your benefit the way that Breda Pest Management can. But when you make the switch to Breda Pest Management, when you let their strength be an ally for you, all of a sudden you're going to put more money back in your pocket just for making that decision. It's literally like your own NIL deal. So Go to BredaPest.com for more on this. It's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com for a lot more on that today. All right, we're going to catch up with Mike Griffith here coming up. Uh, Mike, at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, we'll talk about the Georgia guys who were there for that, exactly what is the Senior Bowl uh, for, for people who may not be fully uh, into all of that. We'll also get into some of the Munkin stuff with Mike, too. That's really what I'm kind of interested in having that discussion with him on, and so we'll do that here coming up in just a little bit also let me remind you of this i said this yesterday tomorrow on the show we're gonna make a really fun announcement now i wasn't aware of any of this i was just kind of told this yesterday hey did you know we're gonna do blah 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 and i said no i did not so uh now i do and i guess it's becoming official and getting all squared away so tomorrow on the show we're going to make a really fun announcement. It's courtesy of our friends at Kroger, but it's going to be something that I think a lot of you are going to have a lot of interest in. So we'll do this for you tomorrow. So around this space tomorrow, be ready for that really fun, big announcement courtesy of our friends at Kroger, which I'm really, really excited about that. So we will get to that then. Before that, though, let's get ready to go around the doghouse here for a moment. And I want to talk a little bit about the latest on the Todd Munkin situation. As you know, Munkin uh, has interviewed reportedly for the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator job, was interviewing yesterday for the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator job. We can confirm that interview has taken place. The uh, Bucks making this official. It's, it's amazing to me how much more like open and on the record the NFL teams are compared to the college teams. It's just a really different kind of media atmosphere in terms of the fact that with college football, everything is just as secret as it possibly can be all the time. Whereas in the NFL, it's just not nearly as secretive. You know, the Bucks just came right out and said, yeah, Munkin interviewed here. Uh, no speculation, no guesswork having to go there on that. In fact, we don't even have a ton of guesswork necessarily about what the subject of this interview likely was, because we now know this breaking just this morning prior to our show starting tom brady has once again retired but this time it sort of feels like it's the official retirement this sort of feels like it's the end of the brady era officially and it was probably already a fairly strong likelihood that that brady wasn't returning to tampa that if he did play in 2023 he would have played somewhere like las vegas or maybe his you know home kind of hometown team with the san francisco 49ers or or the jets somewhere like that likely not coming back to tampa but now we know that brady apparently isn't gonna play anywhere at all next year so i think that gives you a pretty interesting window into what the munkin tampa interview was probably like yesterday a lot of time probably spent talking about, okay, what does the post-Tom Brady era look like for the Bucks? And I find myself kind of wanting to reiterate something that I said really on yesterday's show, which is, by appearances, the Tampa situation right now is one of the worst in the NFL. I don't know that Todd Bowles is a long-term answer there at head coach. The Bucks are not a very good team. You know, I guess they win the NFC South, maybe the worst division in all of football. But it doesn't feel like there are a lot of building blocks in place for the future necessarily. And now you're kind of post-Tom Brady there as well. So absence of quarterback, no long-term assurance about your head coach, uh, you know, kind of a diminished roster across the board from a talent standpoint. You know, what I said yesterday I think is worth repeating once again. But if Todd Munkin leaves Georgia, which quite possibly is the single best college football situation, given Munkin's salary, the talent he has a chance to work with, the obvious success that the dogs are having on the field, that if you leave the overall best college situation for what might be the overall worst NFL situation, at least among the worst in the NFL in terms of what you'd be stepping into there, then it is clear and it is concise and it is just as unmistakable as possible that 
Todd Munkin just wants to be in the NFL, that you would literally choose any NFL situation over the best college situation. If that's what goes down, then that's all you need to know. Now, it's also a situation here where maybe the Bucks situation is is so unattractive, so diminished because of the absence of Brady, the uncertainty about bowls and everything else that maybe you know it's one of those things where in the right set of circumstances maybe Todd would want to be in the NFL but this just doesn't feel like the right set of circumstances I'm not really quite so sure when we exactly get resolution in all of this but it's pretty obvious that the interview that Munkin had yesterday with Tampa a lot of that conversation had to be about kind of putting the pieces back together of a post Tom Brady era in uh Tampa there so that would certainly seem to be the conversation however let me kind of spin this though to kind of a, a different place here before we move on I think in light of what's going on with Todd Munkin here, clearly showing some interest in the NFL, interviewing in Baltimore, interviewing in Tampa, who knows where else, maybe before it's all said and done. I think in light of all of what's going on with Munkin here, I do think you're reminded of kind of what makes Georgia, Georgia. And this is the kind of thing that I don't believe that fans should miss. I I do think that fans should pay pretty close attention on all of this because in the very good story that Jeff Sintel had with Deuce Robinson, the five-star tight end, which posted last night at dognation.com, which you have a chance to read here yourself today, one of the things that came up in that discussion is, well, how do you feel about Todd Munkin and the idea that Munkin might not be here? Because as it stands right now, we don't really know what Munkin is going to do for next year. It's at least a possibility that Todd is no longer here. And so Jeff asking Deuce his feelings on that, I think that Deuce Robinson gives you an answer that if you're a Georgia fan, I don't think you should miss this. Let me show you this on the screen once again. Uh, This is Deuce Robinson saying, we love Coach Munkin. We love his offense, and we love what he does. But there are a lot of other things to love about Georgia, too. He says whether he decides to stay or he gets a job in the NFL, we love Georgia regardless. Once again, that's five-star tight end uh, Deuce Robinson via Dog Nation. Now, let me tell you what I think you should take away from this is that in the midst of Georgia dealing with what is kind of a challenging situation, you don't want to lose your offensive coordinator. Obviously, you'd love to be able to maintain that coaching continuity if you could. But it's important to note that a guy like Deuce Robinson says, hey, I like Todd Munkin, but I like Georgia, his word, regardless whether Munkin is here or not. Now, what that leads me to say is, is that what Georgia has is what I think all college teams aspire to be. Everybody has a team, but not everybody has a program. And what Georgia has built is a program, and a program is bigger than any one name. You know, for instance, a couple of years ago, LSU had best quarterback in the sport. They had Joe Burrow, a record-setting team, wins a national championship. But when Burrow leaves, what's still there at LSU felt like more of a superstar player helping a team more so than actually being a program. Look at Alabama the year after that. You got Steve Sarkeesian pushing the uh, buttons as your offensive coordinator. Sarkeesian may be an, uh, about as good as anybody's ever been calling plays the SEC level. The overall stats would certainly suggest that. They average about 50 points per game uh, in the uh, Sarkeesian season there in 2020. But when he leaves and goes and becomes Texas coach, what does Alabama still have in the wake of his departure? An offense that doesn't function quite as well. Still a pretty good team. But the program maybe not quite as strong. Uh, think about the NIL stuff we talk about today. A and M has seemingly had a good bit of that. That's how they got the number one recruiting class allegedly uh, a year ago. Miami seems to be leveraging that right now. But you look at the on-field success for those pr- for those teams that have all of this access to NIL. You don't frankly see them winning a lot of games. They may have some resources, but those resources so far haven't enabled them to build a program. If you're Georgia. I think you take comfort in this. You don't want to lose Todd Munkin, and hopefully Georgia won't. If you're a Georgia fan, you're certainly saying that here right now. But even if Munkin leaves, what is left over in his wake is still a program. It is a program that's bigger than any one player, any one coach, any one anything else. It is a program that is likely to survive and thrive uh, no matter which, which assistant coach decides to come or go or whatever else. And the words of Deuce Robinson, I think, stand as a pretty good reminder of all of that. So that's around the doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. By the way, speaking of recruiting, we've got another note to give you later on about a 2023 prospect that Georgia might still be in pursuit of, or maybe it's the absence of a note, which in and of itself is maybe something that's uh, worth paying attention to. So we'll talk about that. Uh, there is some crazy drama going on around the Alabama program, so we'll 
kind of touch on some of that there too. But for now, live from Mobile, Alabama, with a look at what's going on with Todd Monk and what we might expect to happen next, let's talk to Mike Griffith here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We are fancy today. Mike Griffith on video. Got the uh, Senior Bowl backdrop behind him. This is uh, like a real show. This is, f- f- frankly, very, very impressive. So, uh, Mike, glad to have you there from down in Mobile. We'll get into a moment uh, or two about what's going on uh, at the Senior Bowl and how the Georgia guys are performing with uh, all of that. Let me, though, bring you in on what has been the hot topic here all week long, and that is the future of Todd Munkin after confirming that he interviewed with the Tampa Bay Bucks, I guess reportedly interviewing the Baltimore Ravens. What do you make of what certainly seems to be interest on Munkin's part about returning to the NFL? How do you interpret all of this right now? Well, the fact that he was at a booster function in Athens instead of down here in Mobile, tells me that now it's probably more likely at the moment it's more likely that he goes back to Georgia because everybody who's anybody is here in Mobile all the coaches all the GMs um, a lot of owners and a lot of guys that are looking for work a lot of guys that are interviewed there's a lot of interviews that are going on here in Mobile right now this week with all the personnel here to me if Todd Munkin was still looking for a job in the NFL he would be in Mobile right now but instead he was at a booster function in Athens last night and all indications were that he plans on coming back. So, you know, you, I think, spelled out really well the situation in Tampa. It looks like about as unstable of a situation as you could possibly have, quite frankly. And as much as Munkin may want to go back to Tampa because he has a home there or whatever, or wants to be in the NFL, the situation he has at Georgia is so good. And honestly, Brandon, talking to the guys today, and I'll write this. I'm, I'm throwing it out on Dog Nation Daily before I even write it. Wow. Talking to the Georgia players here. The confidence in Carson Beck is is unbelievable. They they like Gunner and they like Brock, but it sure does sound like Carson Beck is the guy that the guys that are leaving think is is going to take over. And uh, a lot of these guys have a lot of belief. Now they both again the players that we spoke to from Georgia today that are here had a lot of good things to say about Gunner and a lot of good things to say about Brock, but they left little doubt that Carson Beck is likely the guy. And there was a lot of positivity about Carson Beck, and they were just kind of general questions it was kind of like you know how are you doing here at senior bowl practice and you know what do you think about some of the off the field distractions and what do you think about next year who has to step up next year and the first name they mentioned was carson beck so it sounds to me like beck is doing a good job in the offseason one uh talking to sources monking at the booster function last night um you know lots of smiles lots of good vibes um so if monken was seriously pursuing the nfl hard I think he would be here in Mobile because this is where those jobs happen. This is where you meet people. You can be seen. Uh, you know, he could have easily passed it off as, you know, I want to be here for Kenny McIntosh. He was a versatile guy. I want to help promote him. Like I saw uh, I saw yesterday Shane Beamer was here with the South okay. Carolina guys. You saw uh, Knoxville, uh, Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel was here yesterday, spoke with him. You see a lot of college, Devil Sweeney, you see a lot of college coaches here. Munkin could have done that. He's not here, though. He's back in Athens. To me, that's a really good sign. Okay, so you said a lot. I want to try to unpack a lot of this, including getting to the quarterback topic that you brought up there a moment ago, too, because that sounds really interesting. I said this to Connor yesterday, and I'm curious if you get the same sense of this that I got, which is that, you know, in the month of sort of like late December through January, we talked to Todd Munkin a pretty good bit. I know you interviewed him. I had a chance to interview him. I mean, you know, he was more available during that kind of five, six-week period than he was any of the time prior to that just because of the way in which, you know, assistant coaches get handled at a place like Georgia. And what I said on the show was is that, you know, you ask Todd all these questions about, you know, kind of how you compare college to the NFL, your situation at Georgia compared to other situations. And like the one thing that Munkin's never going to give you is that super like emotional answer, that teary eyed answer of, oh, my gosh, I've never had anything like I've got it here at Georgia. Like nothing's ever felt the way this feels. It's like that's what Georgia fans want to hear. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting my whole life to have a coaching experience like I'm having here at Georgia. And Munkin just doesn't really give that to you. He's kind of analytical. He's a little salty. You know, he's he's just kind of a grizzled veteran. And, and so I think 
what has made all this process really interesting is is that you know one of the famous things you sometimes read in news reports which is hey according to someone familiar with munkin's thinking you know or, or whoever's thinking yeah i don't really know how many people are all that familiar with munkin's thinking necessarily because you know he's just one of these guys that just doesn't seem to have a lot of emotion connected to his coaching career he's pretty matter of fact about the way that he talks about all of this which to me has made this period kind of interesting in that you know i've gone back and listened to a lot of things he said to me or a lot of things he would have said to you and i don't really know that you get a lot of clues from going back and listening to some of those old interviews because munkin's just not very emotional about this topic it doesn't seem no i mean he's rational and and people get nervous when they when they can't pin you down, Brandon, I know this covering Georgia. Well, people, you know, is Mike a Tennessee fan? Is he an Alabama fan? Well, he went to Michigan State, or is he a dog fan? I'd like, no, no, look, this is a job. You know, you're very clear. Brandon Adams is is all dog all the time. We know this. There's no inhibitions about it. You know, whereas Munkin is a guy, if you look at his track record, he doesn't stay anywhere a long time. He hasn't. He is tough, and he's somewhat tough to work with. And, and, and that's why you kind of wonder about him and Kirby and, you know, how, how combustible could that be? I mean, Kirby's not exactly a, a you know a warm and fuzzy sweetheart either. Now, just imagine if Kirby was coaching another school, he'd probably sound a lot like Todd Munkin, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because Kirby's a Georgia Bulldog, you know you, you feel it and you get the vibe. But if he was anywhere else, and he's been other places, by the way, Kirby has, he'd be a lot like Munkin. And Munkin's a guy, Brandon, that's going to look at all the cards on the table and he's going to say, "What's best for me?" Because yeah. he gets it. Because the school, as he said, "Don't tell me it's a family." If I suck, you're going to fire me. That's his quote. If I suck, you're going to fire me. Don't want to hear about this family environment. And as far as the relationship with Kirby, he said, look, he's my boss. And the minute that I think it's more than that, I'm wrong. And, and you're right. That is a cold, hard, callous, but very realistic approach. And you're right. Fans don't want to hear that because we, we, you know, we have this comfort zone. And, oh, you know, Georgia's the greatest place and Sanford Stadium. And why would you ever want to be anywhere else? And you know what? Absolutely. I can vouch for that. I've told you that Athens is the best place. That's why me and you went round and round about why give up a game to Jack's that dump when you could be in Athens for another home game, right? But but every school kind of feels that way. Tuscaloosa and Alabama feels that way. Auburn feels that way. Munkin just wipes all the BS off the table and says, all right, I'm here to win championships. What's the best situation? I think the money is there, but I think it's secondary. I think he's, he's a competitive. I think he has to go interview just in case, I mean, who knows what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, three years at Georgia. You don't want to send the NFL the message that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm all cozied in here. No, he's still on the market. I'm going to listen to what you got to say. And at the end of the day, I'm going to make a decision that's best for me. I think right now he's leaning towards coming back to Georgia. But again, I don't know if Baltimore is going to sack, you know, throw $10 million at him or, or how much Tampa Bay or if money could sway him or if there's another better situation that could still arise. We've seen some new coaching hires. Right now, though, I think Todd is engaged with Georgia. He was at a booster function last night. He was talking a lot about the team, and he loves what he's got coming back. Interesting stuff. All right, tell me more about these quarterbacks because it sounds like you got a good story coming at uh, dognation.com. I'll be looking forward to uh, reading that. Listen, I, I think this is fun. I mean, obviously, you know, Georgia's got a lot to replace a quarterback because of the success that uh, Stetson Bennett enjoyed. But anytime you have a chance to have three really exciting prospects in a battle like this, I, I think it's going to make spring practice really entertaining. And the odds are between you know three names of this caliber the chances of georgia having a good quarterback next season i would say are pretty good just because of the 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 level of talent that's in this competition so this is going to be fun over the course of the next few weeks it sounds like a lot of guys who've seen these you know uh, this trio in practice a good bit are kind of speaking out to you a little bit so this is also fun this time of year to hear what former georgia players think about what's left at georgia in their absence now so i don't want you to give the whole story away because people i want people to read your story at dognation.com but uh what is uh what's being said about carson and these other quarterbacks here right now well, you know, nothing specifically about what they do, Brandon. I think we all have kind of an idea of what each quarterback's strength is. I think Jake Fromm, uh, when we have him on Dog Nation Daily, he's done an unbelievable job breaking these guys down. I go back to Marlowe's event at the beginning of the year. I thought Jake gave a great breakdown on those quarterbacks in terms of who they were, what they were, and what they offered. Everything I'm hearing is consistent with that. It's more or less about the packing order. Uh, and to me, it was more about the prevalence of hearing Carson's name, right? Just that he is the next guy up. I think that's pretty clear, especially if Munkin stays, right? Because Munkin, what Munkin does 
is it's not like, okay, I'm going to pick my quarterback and then I'm going to design an offense around him. That's not what he does. It's let me take a look at all the personnel and let's see how it makes it work. One of the more interesting discussions I had today was with one of the TCU defenders. And I said, all right, what was it? I know that 65 to 70, if you play the game 10 times, that's not going to be the score. What went wrong? And he said, Brock Bowers. He said, you know, we're, you're trying to scheme for this guy. You know that they're going to move him around. And Bowers is back, and he is the start of that offense. He is the MVP, make no mistake about it. And TCU struggled in the movements and the shifts. And, the, and that's where Munkin is so big, Brandon, because whoever the quarterback is, if you've got personnel that you can't match up with, like Brock Bowers, okay? He mentioned Darnell Washington. Obviously, Darnell's moving on, but Oscar Delp is back. When you're able to put unique skill set guys, specifically Brock Bowers, you, you've got to have a plan for this guy. And it's impossible because he's Munkin's Frankenstein. And he moves them all over the all over the place with shifts and motions. And and you've got a plan, but you know, if you don't shift right and you don't end up lined properly, you're you're screwed. And that's basically what happened. Like TCU tried to stop Brock Bowers. Like and and because they were so focused. They felt like they got out of it. So that's the value of Munkin. Now, is are there other coordinators and other schemes? Of course. But what Georgia is, is a combination of a brilliant coordinator who can use his talent to the best of the abilities and and use a lot of motions and shifts to, to make it just an absolute nightmare for defenses. Now, what Carson can do is Carson has an electric arm. Carson had the strongest arm on the team last year. I think you saw that. Now, he's got to work on his touch. We saw some short throws. But the, the velocity, I think with Carson, what you get, and this is why Ra Ra Thomas becomes very important, you need to have multiple receivers to go multiple sets. And I think if Ra Ra is on the team and, you know, that situation's got to play out so far, he's not just I think you're going to see more of the offense we saw with JT Daniels, more of a, a conventional, if there is such a thing in Munkin's offense, more of a conventional spread, more multi-receiver sets. Maybe not quite as much double tight end, because Darnell Washington was just a freak, and there's not another guy that's six foot eight, two eighty five that can play offensive tackle among this tight end room. There's some talented guys, but I think that's what Carson brings. I think it'll be an electric offense. I think they'll spread the ball. I think you'll see more receiver action, probably a little bit less out of the backs. Although I've been told Dejon Edwards catches the ball well, Kendall Milton, but you lose Kenny, who didn't have a drop his whole career. You lose Darnell, but you still got Brock Bowers, and if you've got Brock Bowers and Todd Munkin, that is. Is the chess master with the ultimate chess piece, Brandon. And I think Beck is the guy that's in position with three years under Munkin. Now, Vandergriff's sticking around. If Munkin's sticking around, Vandergriff's already said he wants to graduate from Georgia in the fall, which means he'll be here through December. So I don't think Vandergriff's going anywhere. But Vandergriff, I think, is more like a, a Stetson Bennett on steroids. Bigger, stronger, faster, very good leader. You know, you've seen he's got a strong arm, but it's a runner. Uh, he's not just running out of bounds, okay? He's running over folks. Mm-hmm. You know, Vandergriff is a legit run threat. So that RPO offense, you know, Kirby could sit back with Munkin. Who knows? Maybe three or four games go by. If it's not looking smooth, maybe, you know, hey, let's try a little bit more of that RPO like we ran with Stetson when we made that switch. You wonder a little bit about that, right? And then when I talk to the guys about Gunner, they just say, you know, Chris Smith was sitting right where I'm sitting right now, saying, look, Gunner, this guy's talented. This guy, you know, they saw him all the time with scout team. And, and Chris said, he's coming. So when I asked Chris, like, you know, what about next year, right? What do you think? He goes, they, they can win. I said, so this three-peat, he goes, no, they've got the guys. They've got the mm-hmm. guys. But, you know, quarter, he's, no, all three of these guys. Like, he was smiling, like, they've got the guys. The Georgia guys that were here believe that Georgia is going to win another national championship. Wow. They That's believe fun. that. That's they fun. say, you haven't seen some of these guys that are coming. And they were not at all worried about the quarterback position, Brandon. That's a really fun topic. Let me finish with this. You're in Mobile, Senior Bowl. You know, there are some people, I'll admit I'm a little bit like this. Like, I'm just not that into, like, the pre-draft thing. I mean, I obviously like the NFL draft. It's a uh, fun it, It's a fun thing to watch. You know, I'm not as involved in, like, the pre-draft process. I just don't follow that, that as closely. So for people who are a little bit more like me and just not super into the whole pre-draft thing, give me an idea of kind of, you know, how these – first of all, give me an idea from the Georgia perspective who is there at the Senior Bowl, kind of how they've done here here thus far uh just kind of finish with a little bit of an overview of what you're seeing from prospective nfl draft prospects from georgia there in mobile well the real value is you get to see these guys without being censored they're not worried about what kirby smart's going to say 
They're not worried about giving away the game plan. So you get to see who these guys really are. And in the last couple of years, the Georgia players are who we think they are. Okay, last year, Devontae Wyatt was here cutting up this year. Kenny McIntosh, and he's a media darling. He's all over the room. Everybody loves him, the SEC. Same with Chris Smith, Soldier Chris. Everybody wants to talk to Chris. Everybody wants to talk to Kenny. I talked to Pod Lesney. I'll tell you, yesterday was fascinating. Warren McClendon, okay? Warren was a part of that tragic car wreck just two and a half weeks ago. But there was Warren McClendon after practice. I was standing there with Zach Klein from WSB2 and DJ Shockley. And these are two guys that know the program as well as anybody. And Warren was asked, you know, about what what are you going through right now? He said, I'm seeing a psychiatrist, you know, and, and I'm working through it. And then he was asked, what did you remember about the crash? He said, well, actually, I was knocked out. And I mean, Warren McClendon, just grown man stuff, Brandon. Two and a half weeks ago, he was involved in a deadly crash that claimed a teammate. And he is standing in front of the media and he is meeting with all these NFL teams. And every one of those teams is going to ask about the crash. Every one of those teams is going to ask about more than the crash. They're going to get into the other details. We didn't go there. The media is not going to ask about what happened before and where we look. That's not what we're here for. We're here to, you know, highlight these kids and give them a chance to tell their story. Warren is working through this. I talked to Jack Podlesny, who's his roommate down here. And he said, this is, you know, this is this is what Warren wants to do. This is how he's working through this. He needs to talk about it. He needs to release. Now, obviously, you know, he's not going into all these details, but something happened and he's got to move forward. And Brandon, he is within three months of his dream. These guys have worked their entire life to get to the NFL. And Georgia was a huge stop. And yes, they wanted to win championships, but make no mistake about it. At the end of the day, they want to be pros. They want to give their families uh, financial freedom for, for generational wealth. And this is the dream. And you're within three months of it. So these need to be the best three months of your life. You need to get in the best shape you've ever been in. You need to do your interviews with all the teams. When you stand up and you talk to the media, you know, you need to answer the questions and represent yourself and your program properly. Everything is being watched. Everything is being scrutinized. These teams are on the verge of investing millions of dollars into you. So you have to be at your best. It is the ultimate job interview starts here in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. How you practice, how quickly you pick up the offense, how do you interview with people, how do you interact, what do you like around your teammates? They're they're scrutinizing all of this. And the practices are just that. They're wide open. There's fans in the stands. You're watching these guys go five on five, seven on seven. You know, got to see Kenny yesterday. Kenny had a little scare, had a calf cramp up on him. He went down the turf. We thought maybe it was a twisted knee. He goes in the locker room. Everybody's holding their breath. Nope. Talked to his dad today. He said, look, that ain't the way Kenny McIntosh is going out. He's going to be back on the practice field today, and he's going to be showing the NFL who and what he is and how he did it at Georgia. And that's what Chris said, too. I'm going to bring that Georgia standard out there. You know, and yeah, it's different not having all these dogs around you. You know, funny thing about Chris Brandon, all these other guys are wearing black shorts. Chris is wearing his Georgia football pants. He's every, you know, he's got his G on. Everybody's got their helmets on. But he's got Georgia pants. He's like, man, I just ain't wearing those black shorts. I'm wearing my football. So he's still repping the G, not just on the helmet, but with the football pants when he's out there practicing. But uh, dialing it back to Warren, uh, this is important for people to know because I saw on social media, oh, how dare the media ask him these questions? Oh, bloodthirsty. Listen, DJ Shockley understands Georgia football players. And so does Zach Klein. And Warren McClendon made himself available to the media because Warren McClendon understands that what happened, tragic as it is, is a part of his draft profile. And he has to deal with that. And he has to meet with all the NFL teams. And he has to find a place for that. The draft's not going to wait. He can't postpone it. He can't say, hey, I've had a bad thing happen. Give me another shit. No, it's happening now. And Warren is doing the best that he can to deal with this. I thought the media was very uh, fair and sensitive to that. But at the same time, giving him the opportunity to speak, which as DJ Shockley told me, and I'll have a story with DJ, DJ reacted to everything. DJ talked about the Stetson stuff. He talked about the stuff going on in Georgia. I'll have that story later. But DJ said, look, Warren needed to get that off his chest and speak. So there's a lot going on here, Brandon. These players are being evaluated every which way but loose. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic event because you really see how the NFL works. You see how they practice. You see how they coach them up. And you see these kids at their best. And to watch the Georgia players represent today, I can tell you the way they handled their interviews, the way they spoke about their program. And, yes, there's some difficulties right now. 
But it would make Georgia fans very proud. In fact, I will have video up later on this afternoon on our Dog Nation YouTube site of Chris Smith answering a lot of these questions that we talked about today, as well as Kenny McIntosh. And and, and, and I talked to Tyreek Stevenson, by the way. Wait till you hear what he had to say okay. about the national title game. And and I talked to a Missouri guy about that little thing that happened in the end zone before the game. Wait till you – so there's some good stuff coming out of here, man. Just stay tuned, and I know, Brandon, you're going to have all that signing stuff. Is ex- Signing day is exploding. People excited about Munkin. I mean, there's a lot going on right now. I know a lot of folks tuned into Dog Nation for it. Mike, I appreciate that. We'll have to leave it there for today, but we'll look forward to reading all that from you there at uh, DogNation.com. Thanks for your time, and we'll uh, enjoy the chance to talk to you again very soon. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, interesting stuff there on kind of the future of the Georgia program and what former Georgia players are saying in Mobile about that. A couple things here real quick, and then uh, we'll kind of move on and do some of the SEC through stuff. Like, I, th- I think the one thing that's going to make Gunnar Stockton a very interesting part of the quarterback competition at Georgia is, is the thing that I believe he brings to the table, having seen him play a few times in high school, there is a level of toughness there. And... I think it's good to have some toughness in your quarterback competition, which is not to say that Carson Bag, Brock Vandergriff don't have that. They may they may have their own version of toughness. I'm just saying that one of the things that I've seen from Stockton, like if you're doing, hey, give me kind of a one word or sort of a one phrase description of the various quarterbacks. I think, you know, Mike described Vandergriff's athleticism. I, I do think that, that that Brock is a terrific athlete, and that's probably one of the things that makes him interested in this competition. Uh, you talk about the arm for Carson Beck. What I, the best that I can tell is Carson Beck really has that arm talent. That might be, you know, kind of the short caricature style description of him. For me, one of the things that makes Gunnar Stockton interesting is his toughness. Um, I saw him display that in high school. I think it's one of those things that – you do want some toughness from your quarterback, which doesn't mean that that says that, well, Gunner's going to be the quarterback because of that. But what I do think it means is, is that, you know, for Brock Vandergriff or for, for Carson Beck, in order to be the Georgia starter, they're going to have to match the toughness that, that a guy like Gunner Stockton brings to the table. And, and kind of the same thing of, hey, if Vandergriff's got the athleticism, we certainly saw him move around very well during his high school career. You know, he's obviously got a, a degree of mobility there. Then the starting quarterback at Georgia is also going to have to kind of match that athleticism. And obviously, one of the names of the game for quarterback is the ability to deliver the football. We know Carson kind of is thought of as doing that. There's a lot of video that comes out of him throwing the ball. He always looks really sharp. Ball spins so tightly the way that a good pass is supposed to that the eventual starting quarterback for Georgia's kind of got to be able to match that there as well. That it certainly seems like each player in this competition kind of brings their own spice into the discussion which i think is going to make it really fun this spring i'm actually really very excited about that and i'll just say other two other things here real quick um i think the next kenny mcintosh style running back at georgia is going to be really important and no doubt we'll spend a lot of time talking about this but that's been kind of a through line for georgia i would say it sort of started with sony michelle in the kirby smart era that running back that's also a you know potent pass catcher you know a, a very athletic style of running back sony was that james cook kind of became that cook was a huge part of obviously the 2021 national champion and then kenny mcintosh was a big part of what georgia did here this year mcintosh is kind of an amazing story because when he was coming out of high school i don't really think i thought of him as that level of athlete and i was either wrong about him then or he just sort of became a much better athlete over the course of his college career i'm actually not really sure which of those two things more true but but pretty clearly mcintosh kind of became what cook had been what sony michelle was before that and identifying the next versatile pass catching running back at georgia is going to be a very very important part of this upcoming spring i believe that's true another thing i'll mention here is the subject of our oscar delp also came up too I'll, i'll save this kind of for later but I think that Delp's one of the most important players in this Georgia team this spring. And on the list of guys who could really break out in a big way for next year, I would say that Oscar Delp is definitely on that list for me as a guy that I just have a lot of enthusiasm about right now. We'll see if it does play out that way. But Oscar could be a – now, big shoes to fill because uh, Darnell Washington's not here anymore. But, man, Oscar could be a really fun player here this fall. With all that said, let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Obviously, we're getting excited here. Had a great meeting yesterday about our Dog Nation cruise, and 
the thing that makes a dog nation cruise fun is is that it's extra stuff in addition to what you're already doing on board a royal caribbean cruise ship because let's face it, we're on independence of the seas there's already a lot of great things associated with being on board independence of the seas especially restaurants the entertainment options the live music obviously the stuff going on the pool deck the water slides things like that but what makes a dog nation cruise special is the dog nation part of this the special events we do exclusively for those a part of our second ever cruise with dog nation so we were having some meetings about that yesterday and you know, some of the stuff we did last year, we're kind of taking it up to a bigger level this year, kind of plussing it in a lot of ways. And I just, we have, first of all, we have a bigger staff at Dog Nation this year than we've had before. So that kind of makes stuff like this fun, you know, kind of new ideas coming into some of these kinds of events. So it's just going to be a great time. I'm really, really excited about that. And so I can't wait to share so much of this with all of you. In, in fact, uh, we're excited about a lot of things with Royal Caribbean. I got a couple of cruises coming up with the Royal Caribbean here this year. And so this is the portion of the show where I remind you that if you want your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation to look forward to, you can reach out to the same travel agent that books all of my travel. Her name's Jessica Slater. She was specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean because of her expertise. And I got to tell you, it's been a very satisfactory experience for me, allowing Jessica to help us plan our vacation. So you can give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. You can also visit royaldogs.com, that website, once again, royaldogs.com, and find out about all the great things that Royal Caribbean has going on here this time of year. So interesting stuff going on around the SEC. So let's kind of dive into that here right now, including what certainly appears to be the case that Alabama was turned down for its offensive coordinator job. One of the names that has emerged here as of late is Ryan Grubb. Grubb is the Washington offensive coordinator. Uh, Huskies had very good success offensively and him coming back to Seattle is a pretty big deal because Michael Penix the quarterback is coming back there as well the Pac-12 is actually kind of a fun league for this upcoming year because there are a lot of quarterbacks in place in the league uh you know I don't think it's a national championship contending conference or anything like that but on a you know week in week out basis they'll probably be playing some pretty entertaining football and Grubb going back to Washington is a pretty big deal for that league but around here we care about the SEC and Grubb not going to Alabama by appearances is a very big deal here's what we know we know that he interviewed we know that for a fact but i believe it's 24 7 sports that has reported that he was actually extended an offer and he turned that down so it's one thing to interview and then go back home and announce hey i've decided to stay sometimes when that happens it's more about you realize you're not going to be the guy and so you get the chance to announce you're staying before the other school announces the hire as a way of kind of saving face but by appearances, that's not what's gone down here with Alabama. There are, you know, some uh, sort of serious sounding reports that Grubb was actually offered the job and turned it down. Now, he's going back to Washington for what appears to be the same money that he was already making. But y'all, Grubb was already making two million bucks. Uh, he's making a lot of money as Washington offensive coordinator already. So, you know, uh, does that play some sort of factor in all this? I, I don't know, but it certainly seems like Grubb was offered the job, or at least there's some reporting out there that he was offered the job, and he chose to turn it down, and he chose to stay and Washington not going to Alabama. Then on the other side of this, there's also more chatter about the defensive coordinator position. And one of the things we've talked about is what Jeremy Pruitt's involvement in all this might be, that this is one of those deals where Pruitt's obviously got the connection to Alabama, the connection to Saban in particular. He's not employed. It seems like one of those things that if you feel like you can hire him, if you want to hire him, then he's just sort of there to be hired. Uh, apparently there has been some movement in this regard. Dennis Dodd reporting CBS Sports. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences of this. Dodd writing that Alabama coach Nick Saban has reached out to former Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt regarding the Crimson Tide's vacant defensive coordinator position. It is believed no offer has been made at this time, and Alabama would not speak on Pruitt's candidacy uh, when contracted for comment. Now, this is what Dodd also says here, which I think is uh, kind of interesting, that sources indicate that Pruitt would face long odds of getting hired by the Crimson Tide as the subject of an ongoing NCAA investigation. He was fired at Tennessee two years ago uh, as the NCAA leveled allegations of 18 level one violations against the Vol. So this is pretty closely you know, kind of tied to what we said yesterday. We were mostly just sort of speculating out loud, but the official reporting here kind of backs that up. That if you're going to hire Pruitt, he was just sort of there to be hired. The fact that you haven't hired him yet sort of leads you to believe there's a little bit of friction in this process. And the easy assumption to make was is that friction was coming because of the NCAA stuff. 
I guess there's been some chatter out there that it's not Greg Sankey who's standing in the way of this being done, that it may be, you know, kind of something else to all of this. Obviously, you just want to be careful about, you know, you know, uh, you know, hiring a coach that maybe has a little bit of a sign on his back via the NCAA. But I think you're left to wonder, well, if you've got, you know, the, a guy like Grubb turning down the offensive coordinator job, uh, Pruitt may be unhirable on the basis of this reporting here by uh, Dennis Dodd. What does that leave for Alabama? We all had kind of a collective chuckle yesterday at the thought of Todd Grantham as Alabama defensive coordinator, but I'm still going to stick by my guns on that. I believe that Grantham is a little bit of a false positive. I believe that Grantham is kind of one of those (laughs) names that's been floated to make Bama fans feel better about the guy they eventually hire because surely to goodness Nick Saban can find somebody better than Todd Grantham to run his defense. If he can't, that may tell you all you need to know about the final stages of Saban's coaching life there at Alabama. But I sort of believe that the Grantham thing likely ends up being a smokescreen. But nonetheless, that's all pretty interesting here right now. Something else that's interesting, and in a roundabout way, this is not typical fodder for us here, but I, I think a lot of this audience will probably be, you know, uh, find this uh, interesting. There's been some reporting out there. Some of you know that Chip Carey, longtime Braves broadcaster, obviously the son of the legendary uh, Skip Carey, the grandson of Harry Carey. Chip Carey recently left uh, the Braves to go be the TV broadcaster for St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis's hometown. You know, it's obviously one of the you know the heritage franchises. Maybe you're just sort of ready for a change after being with Atlanta for a long time. But in some form or fashion, you know, Chip has moved on. And there's now an opening to be the Atlanta Braves television broadcaster. There's always a little bit of curiosity about who who steps in to kind of be local broadcaster here for the Braves. And some of the reporting, and I believe this comes from The Athletic, I think. uh, I think Mark Bowman had some of this too, MLB.com. Is it sounds like our good friend Tom Hart, who's a regular, uh, makes regular appearances here on our show, a terrific SEC network broadcaster, in addition to college football, does basketball and things like that. It sounds like Tom Hart is among the finalists, one of those guys that has uh, a very good chance of becoming the TV broadcast for the Braves. A lot of you know that it, that when Hart was a young broadcaster, he was kind of like, I guess you call it sideline reporter. He was a part of Braves TV broadcast many years ago. So got a connection to Atlanta, uh, connection to the Braves in particular, big baseball guy, uh, just just in general across the board. So it's easy to understand why you know he would be attracted to that he's got a connection here in some respects i guess i wouldn't have necessarily known if being the local tv broadcaster for the braves is that a bigger job than being like the lead college football guy on the sec network is that a bigger job maybe it is maybe it pays more money because you certainly work more um but I wouldn't have necessarily just automatically have thought, oh, it's a bigger job to be TV broadcaster for the Braves than it is to be a college football broadcaster of the SEC network. Maybe just by virtue of being Major League Baseball, that's what makes it bigger. But Or maybe it's just Hart's preference. But one way or another, it sounds like Tom Hart, who, as I said before, we almost always have on the show before he calls the Georgia game. Uh, Tom Hart could be calling Atlanta Braves games here uh, very soon, at least in the uh, the possibility of all that. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Let me also give you a note here, too, on recruiting before uh, we kind of wrap things up. The other name that's out there for Georgia here today via the class of 2023 is the tight end Walker Lions. Now, you know the story on Lions. At least many of you are aware of this by now. Uh if he were to sign, I guess technically he would count as a 2023 signee, although in this day and age, I'm not really sure that matters much anymore because there is no more 25-man hard cap or anything like that. But he wouldn't join Georgia if he were to come to Georgia for like a year and a half because uh, he would go on a mission trip with his church. And so so one way or another, the lion story's been out there, a little unorthodox from the standpoint that he might sign somewhere but not show up for another year and a half. Not not not, not a full two years the way that some uh, Mormon mission trips have, have have been, but maybe more like a year and a half, I guess. Jeff Sintel has reported on that. But as we are on National Signing Day here today, I don't think anybody really knows what Lions is going to do. I joked with our video audience uh, prior to the start of the show that there's an old adage that coaches sometimes share with each other, which when it comes to a recruit making a decision, if you don't know, it isn't you. Uh, you know, <laughs> this may be one of those things where this late in the process if we don't know for sure Lions is coming to Georgia that might mean that he's not coming to Georgia but uh, that is out there and I just wanted to kind of make uh, mention of that also one more thing before we wrap up here today I got a text message uh, from my good friend and uh, partner on high school football broadcast Rusty Manziel 
that exactly 12 years ago today, the number one running back in the country was going to decide between Alabama and George. Of course, many of you remember that was uh, Isaiah Crowell. And uh, Rusty's daughter, Kaylee, calls and says, Dad, I'm going to sneak my phone into school. Text me at 145 while I'm at recess so I know where he goes. I say all of that because over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've been very happy to have Kaylee Mansell a part of our team here at Dog Nation. Now, she's helping us with the show. Uh, she's hanging out with us, and obviously it's a big coup for us to steal Kaylee away from her dad. Uh, but nonetheless, we're uh, happy to have her here. Were you in fifth grade then? Is that what you were? fifth grade taking her phone with her to school to find out where isaiah crowell was going to school that's uh that's certainly the kind of person that uh was sort of born to be a part of all of this and so uh, we're very happy to have kaylee with us what we're doing here at dog nation and kind of a fun look back on a signing day memory back when signing day was a truly signing day so that is indeed good stuff let me give you a shout out here before we get ready to say goodbye on our show here today a couple, in fact, uh, on Friday, you know, we always do our big finish courtesy of our friends at the finish long drink. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. And by the way, if you've not tried the finish long drink, this is a great time to do that, too. Go to the long dot com and you can put in your zip code. You can find out where you can pick some up. A lot of folks kind of back at golf courses and things like that. Again, well, it's available at golf courses all around where I live bars restaurants beverage stores everything else in between great chance to try the finished long drink there's four different varieties there's the traditional the blue can got the citrus flavor the gin kick to go along with that get the long drink cranberry long drink strong that's eight and a half percent alcohol by volume long drink zero that's no carbs no sugar comes in a can so it sort of looks like a beer but it's not it is a ready-to-drink cocktail you like mixed drinks well this is like a mixed drink in a can just pop the top drink it or pour it into a glass Whatever you want to do, it goes great on all of that. If you're not sure which of those long drink varieties you think you might like, you can actually get the eight can variety pack, which comes with two different cans of each of the four long drink varieties. So a great chance to try some finished long drink. Go to the longdrink.com to find out more about that. And maybe we'll feature you this Friday when we do our big finish courtesy of the finished long drink. Also, shout out to our friends at my bookie there as well, because this is a great time to get involved with our friends at my bookie. I was thinking about this. We're kind of deep into the heart of college basketball season right now. Georgia's at Auburn tonight after getting their win against South Carolina over the weekend, breaking a long multi-year losing streak to the Gamecocks. Uh, so we're kind of in the midst of all of this right now. Tennessee, Alabama, national championship contenders, certainly Final Four contenders at the very least. So, you know, we're kind of passing that time. we got one more football game left. That's the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. The point is, is this is a great time to sign up for an account at my book if you haven't done that yet because it kind of helps pass the time before we're talking about college football again. G-Day coming up on April 15th and you're just kind of getting back into that college football vibe. But passing that time right now by getting some action down. Daytona 500 is coming up. That's kind of a fun thing to get some bets down on. PGA Tour stuff uh, there as well. All kinds of opportunities to take advantage of what we call winning season there at MyBookie. So do this. Use the internet. Let the browser do the work for you. Just type in MyBookie. They'll find the website. When you get to MyBookie, use the promo code DOGNATION and then take advantage of the big deposit bonus that my bookie's famous for. You put in 400 bucks, they're going to give you into your account 400 bucks there as well. You've got like $800 in your account before you even win your first bet. They'll do that for you all the way up to $1,000. And all you got to do is sort of play that money through once. And then after that, you know, you're kind of just in business and you're and you're uh, a, a, a big winner there with our friends. At least you have a, a chance to be a big winner with our friends at my bookie. So take advantage of all that. They make the process very simple. You play, you win, you get paid. You know, that's one of the things that's allowed my bookie to be really a market leader in this space for such a long time is how streamlined this process is. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's just fun. So open the account with my bookie, get the big deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars and then take advantage of winning season with my bookie today. All right. So I'm always amazed by two things about our audience. We have people in our audience that are very, very talented, and they also just live sort of fancier lives than I live. Like, I live a very simple life, I guess, in some respects. Uh, and I'm always amazed by how fancy some of the people in our audience are and B, how talented many of them are there as well. In fact, that is the subject of today's golden shoe here, because one of our audience members who goes by UGA Nation 412 on Twitter says that I made a custom charcuterie board. First of all, I can barely even pronounce charcuterie, and I don't believe I could spell it without having uh, spotted a, a good number of letters. But nonetheless, UGA Nation says custom charcuterie board I did for a friend of mine wanted georgia bulldog custom colors how nice is this very very impressed by the talent of our audience it is customized georgia 
colors. But I'm also just sort of fascinated by people who are like, hey, I need a charcuterie board. Like, I don't really, I don't really know that I've ever thought, boy, you know what I'm missing right now is a charcuterie board. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll give out a golden shoe there for that to all the fancy folks in our audience. And we'll remind you, uh, those lousy stinking gators, they have no charcuterie boards. They're just simply eating cold cuts off the floor. That, that's all they got uh, down there uh, in uh, gator country. And 269 days from right now, they got more bad news coming their way because another beat down at the hand of the back-to-back dog national champions. Go for two and 22, eyes on 2023, beating up Florida on the way. You better believe we're excited about all that. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown. We'll uh, get your comments here via Twitter at Dog Nation Daily, comment section at dognation.com. G, the Greek, writes in, on the subject of Deuce Robinson saying, if you're showing two aces and you're holding two aces, I'd bet the ranch. Deuce, come join the hand. The dogs are going to have an unbeatable hand in 2023. Can anything beat five aces? Talking about the overall depth that Georgia could have the tight end position. Obviously, Deuce Robinson would provide a lot of that. I mean, the one thing that I think has come out of the entire Deuce discussion is there's no doubt that he is a very impressive prospect and clearly the kind of player that Georgia would want, no matter how many great tight ends. It already has the class of 2023 or a prospect in the fold as a commit like Landon Thomas for 2024 or anything else. Deuce is just a really, really impressive player. So if Georgia could eventually win with him, that is something it clearly would want to do. And so I guess we'll stay tuned to see if that indeed eventually happens. Andy Coleman also writes in on Twitter on the subject of, as we've said before, the potential that Mike Bobo could be a replacement if Todd Munkin were to leave. And we don't quite yet know how any of that's going to work out. But Andy says, I'm with you on trusting Kirby Smart. I trust that his analytical staff will show Bobo while he was an outstanding offensive coordinator, his situational play calling lacked. He says, the play action stuff on third and eight every time drove me nuts. And could be the case that, that, that there were some you know blemishes in his sort of overall strategy going back to his time as offensive coordinator at Georgia, which ended at the, 20, with the end of the 2014 season. Could be the case. I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind here is, is that, and I think you probably would agree with this is that there's really been no time in Bobo's life as a coordinator whether it be working at Georgia prior you know to this or his time at South Carolina his time at Auburn certainly not his time as a head coach at Colorado State where he'd have the level of offensive talent that he'd have working at UGA and there is just something about your play calling looking better when you've got better play players running those plays which might indeed be the case at Georgia of course it may be a moot point it may not even be a situation where Georgia needs to replace an offensive coordinator. But it's obviously something that Georgia fans are talking a lot about right now, and Andy takes his time to kind of weigh in on that too. So we appreciate your comments and look forward to uh, doing this with you each and every day. It's our podcast, Cool Down, presented by R.S. Andrews. You can find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. If you're worried about your heating system not keeping you nice and toasty and warm for the rest of this winter, go ahead and get some peace of mind by getting that system tuned back up to factory fresh specs. It only costs $99. You can find out more online at rsandrews.com. Have a great day. We will see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily presented by Breda Pest Management. We'll look forward to talking to you then.